Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to go to one of my favorite NBA writers in the country. You can read him at CBSSports.com. He is my colleague at CBS Sports. Sam Quinn joins me right now on the program. Good morning, Sam. What's up, buddy? You know, Bill, we've gone like a whole week without some new horrible off-court story in the NBA. I found out that Greg Popovich's favorite animal is a sea otter last night. So you know what? All things considered, things going pretty well. Sea otter is kind of a kind of a kind of a weird one, right? I've never. What's your favorite animal? I would not have gone sea otter. You put me on the spot here, Bill. That's no, hard. <laughs> Turtle. I don't know. That's tough because you know you only really interact with like you know four or five kinds of animals in you know your real day to day life. So my inclination is just say dogs, but like wow, you open up the whole animal kingdom to me, like. Maybe I'll just take a tiger or something. I like that ferocious. I like turtles. I don't know what it is. I'm I'm a turtle guy. Uh, Sam Gwynn here on on the show. Sam, you have been making the point on on social media, and and I think to what you just said, I'm not sure how many people are paying attention to the NBA the same way because there's been so many distractions and so much ugliness. Kyrie Irving, Ime Udoka. I mean, Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole seems like a million years ago that there's actually some things happening on the court that are worth discussing. And you've made the point that Anthony Davis, and this has been true for a while, has looked really good and is not the source of blame in Los Angeles and, and has played at a really high level. So when you look at Anthony Davis, when you look at Westbrook coming off the bench, when you look at everything we know about this team, when LeBron's healthy, do you have any optimism that the Lakers can be competitive as a basketball team this season? You know, I'll give them this. We really, really focused those first five games or so on the, re- on the terrible shooting that we saw from them. They're still the worst offense in the NBA. But quietly over the last, you know, I think it's eight games now after that 0-5 start, they've made 36% of their threes. Now, the volume is still really low. They're not a good shooting team. But they've gone from, you know, the worst offensive team we've ever seen to just kind of garden variety bad. Now, you're not winning anything with a garden variety bad offense. But the name of the game here isn't be the best team in the NBA right now. It's be good enough to convince the front office to make a move. So if you're just going forward with LeBron, AD, Russ, this sort of all-minimums roster, you're not really going to do anything. But we're about to come up on the easiest stretch of their entire schedule. In their next six games, they play the Spurs three times, they play the Pistons, they play the Pacers, and then there's the Suns in there for the one hard game. So they're 3-10 and 10 right now. Say they can manage four and two or five and one over these next six games. Well, then it gets harder for the front office to justify holding on to those picks. You know, maybe you build some momentum. 
Now you can talk yourself into trading for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. And if you do, suddenly the team makes a lot more sense because Buddy Heald and Miles Turner right now, every night they go out there for the Pacers, they're putting on one heck of an audition for the Lakers. You know, Buddy Heald has made more threes than anybody in the NBA besides Stephen Curry this season. Miles Turner is leading the NBA in blocks, averaging career highs in points and rebounds. So right now, I don't think there's anything really that you can – cling on to as a fan of the Lakers and say, maybe with this group we can win something. But you make that trade, the rest of the roster is starting to look better. AD is starting to look more like AD. LeBron, other than that period when he was sick, largely has looked like LeBron. If you put two more shooters on this team, improve the rim protection with Miles Turner, then I could really buy into the idea that they have something. Sam Quinn here on the show. Um, CBS Sports Radio's writer than you on Bill Ryder. Sam, I think most of us suspected that we'd be having this conversation about the Lakers, right? What are they? What do they need to do? Few of us suspected we'd be having this conversation about the Golden State Warriors. Now, it's early. It's really early. We're not at 20 or 25 games yet. We're, for At least for me, you have a sense of sort of where you are. All of that said, the Warriors have not been able to win on the road. They've had a ton of problems. And outside of Steph Curry, a lot of the guys that they were going to rely on in varying degrees have been underwhelming. What do you think the Warriors are going to be come January, February, March? I think they're going to be better than this, right? Just because we've never seen a team in NBA history go, I don't know, I, either they're, oh, they're winless on the road or close to it. We've never seen a team in NBA history go 0-41 on the road, right? But the entire theory of this team is based on two principles. It's that they're going to have three veteran stars or four, if you want to count Andrew Wiggins, and that the rest of their depth is going to come from the young guys. Well, right now, neither of those things are true. Right? Like, you look at the young guys. James Wiseman's headed for the G League. He might be the worst rotation player in the NBA. He's played in 11 games so far this season. In nine of them, he has a negative plus minus. That's impossible on a Stephen Curry team. I don't think we've ever seen that. Jonathan Kaminga hasn't been much better. He can't make a shot. The athleticism not translating on defense. Jordan Poole not looking. You know, he hasn't really improved in the way that you would have hoped after you give him the $140 million contract. So the depth isn't coming from the young guys, and you really need it to because the veterans, aside from Stephen Curry, who has been everything you could have hoped, have just not been very good, right? Like, Clay Thompson averaging career lows in basically every shooting category. You know something's wrong with Clay when he's missing 25% of his free throws, right? You know, Draymond was probably the best defensive player in the NBA last year. If he hadn't gotten hurt, would have won defensive player of the year. Now he's just, you know, he's very good. He'll probably be a contender for all defense, but he's not what he was last year. And if he's not going to be that good, the entire defensive equation changes for the Warriors. They're at 25th on defense right now. He is the sort of guy, he's not Rudy Gobert. He's not the sort of defender that's going to give you an automatic top five finish. He's the sort of defender that's going to really work alongside other really good defensive players, which so far they don't really have. You know, they lose Gary Payton. Clay isn't his old self. The young guys have been bad on defense. So I got to tell you, I look at them and it's going to get better. They're going to win a road game at some point, you know, but they don't look like the team last year that came out like gangbusters and was just totally running roughshod over the NBA at the beginning of the season. They'll get better. But I got to tell you, as long as they're doing this two timeline thing, it kind of feels like they're not really doing any timeline, right? You know, they have Stephen Curry, who's still an MVP caliber player, but nothing behind him really makes much sense. 
You can follow Sam on Twitter at Sam Quinn CBS. Sam, do you want to ride? Do you want to do you want to ride or die for Portland or Utah or any other team that early in this season has been surprising or really interesting? Anybody you're actually buying into? Well, as a championship contender, I'm going to lean no unless you want to give me Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is the one. Team I'll give you Cleveland. I, I love Cleveland. You know, I love I love a team that has a high floor in both offense and defense, right? And what we've seen out of the Cavs, you know, Darius Garland missed all that time. Donovan Mitchell just came out like a house on fire. Now with Darius Garland back, you know, he's looking more like a pure point guard than he had, or than he could last year, really, because he had so much scoring responsibility on him. But as you move forward with Mitchell scoring the way that he is, Garland is quietly, you know, Stephen Curry is the king of the deep, deep three. Darius Garland might be the second best long shooter in the NBA. And the extra space that that gives Mitchell to score, man, that it makes it so hard to stop Mitchell when he's going downhill. And then defensively, you have Allen Mobley, who's, you know, they speak for themselves. The role players, I think, have been better than anybody would have thought. You know, Dean Wade, who just got extended for, I think, less than $20 million over four years, is playing like a, you know, solid starting caliber guy. Karis LeVert making his threes. So I came into the season thinking Cleveland – Good regular season team, not much playoff, you know, not much hope for the playoff this season. Cleveland, if you would tell me right now they're the third best team in the East, they've pushed Boston, a team that's 11-3. and three. You know, they've played them evenly twice now. So I got to say, Cleveland is the one team from a playoff perspective that you might have talked me into over the past 15 games, however long we've seen so far this season. But I got to tell you, Utah – I came into the season thinking they were going to be better. You know, they had the lowest win total expectation in Vegas in the entire West. I knew they were going to be better than that because they had too many good players not to be. But I, I got to tell you, I don't think Utah is going to fall off, right? You know, people keep saying, when is Danny Ainge going to make the tank move? I don't think it's going to happen. I think at the very least, the offensive floor is so high with all the shooting and all the ball movement they have. They're going to win 45 games and at least be a playing team Maybe be a little better beyond that. Yeah, Sam, you look at Utah's roster. I mean, it's five or six deep of of, of guys who are pros, who are they're not stars, but who are really good basketball players. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a common sense thing, right? When you trade, I don't know, eighty million dollars in salary, whatever it was, for Gobert, Mitchell, and Bogdanovich, you got to take back like seventy million in salary, and seventy million in salary is usually attached to pretty decent players, right? Like. Don't get me wrong, like Laurie Markinen, you know, Kelly Olenek, these guys, they're not as good as Mitchell and Gobert and Bogdanovich, but they're still good NBA players, and they picked up like six or seven of them in all these trades combined. So it kind of makes sense that, okay, I can buy into the idea that Kelly Olenek's not going to keep making half of his threes and that Laurie Markin isn't going to keep making, you know, 70% of his twos, whatever it is. The defense probably playing a little bit above its head. They've had some really good luck as far as opponent shooting goes, but these are a lot of good players, right? Like, this is not your typical tank team where you come on and you say, well, they might have two NBA-caliber players. No, no, no. They've got seven, eight, nine, like a real solid rotation where everybody is capable of playing in the NBA, and they all shoot. So it makes everything else on offense make sense. The ball moves so much, they can all handle the ball, and, like, Look, I thought Mike Conley might be washed last year. I don't think Mike Conley's going to make another All-Star game, but Mike Conley is like looking closer to what he looked like in Memphis, especially now that he can play more pick and pop, which he couldn't really do with Gobert. 
That's what he did in Memphis, and that's what he can do now with Kelly Olynyk. Sam Quinn here on the show. Sam, last one for you. Uh, the Sixers have been decidedly mediocre, and what what a performance from Embiid the other night. And it's not just Harden's injury. They were, if I have this right, I think four and five when, when he got hurt. What has been, from your perspective, wrong with a, a, a Sixers team that I, I can tell you, and this isn't shocking, an organization they thought they were going to be atop the East and a championship contender. This is not where they wanted to be at this point in the season. You know, I mean, you could pick so many things. I mean, P.J. Tucker, I'm not going to say washed because I've made that mistake too many times, but P.J. Tucker doesn't really look like P.J. Tucker. Dwell and being asked to pick up way too big of a load. You know, I think the idea of having James Harden is that Joel Embiid never plays 82 games, right? He's never healthy. He's always dealing with something when the playoffs arrive. You get James Harden because, historically speaking, he is better than almost anybody in NBA history at make, getting you through 82 games with a very high floor on offense, where for years in Houston, having Harden that we're going to be a top-five offensive team and he's going to play 79 out of 82 games, if that was going to be the case, you could be a bit more conservative with Joel Embiid's minutes. You know, make sure that he's healthy when the playoffs arrive. Well, we're already, you know, a few weeks into the season. Harden's already hurt. You know, Maxi. you know, Maxie's been up and down, but Maxie hasn't looked like there were people coming into the season saying he's going to make an all-star team. He hasn't been that good. So already Joel Embiid is being asked to do the things that he's done so far this year, where he scored 101 points over the weekend. Very impressive probably not the model that Philly was coming into the season expecting. So, you know, it's great to see now, but you just watch games like those and you think, and beats not going to make it through 82 of those. Right. So it kind of starting to feel like we're going through another season. Like we have the last few where Joel Embiid looks like an MVP candidate in the fall and the winter. And then we get to the spring and his body breaks down. So ultimately if, if the defense, I could buy into the idea that the defense is going to get better. I think P.J. Tucker is better than he's looked so far this season. I think a lot of the role players that they added thus far, or they added in the offseason have been worse thus far than we'd probably expect them to be. But it won't matter if Embiid is having to play the load that he has. You know, If Harden can't come back relatively quickly and start to ease some of his workload so that Joel Embiid can be healthy when the playoffs arrive, I think this is all moot. Uh, Sam Quinn, breaking it down here on the show. Read him at cbsports.com. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Quinn CBS. Literally one of the best NBA writers in the country. Sam, as always, buddy, good to hear your voice. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on. Bill, thanks for having me. And next time I'm on, I'm going to have a more thoughtful answer for my favorite animal. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.